So, um, you gonna lock the door, Chicky Poo? No. <laughs> okay. Here. <laughs> oh, I get that. Okay. Hey, watch this. I want to do this. Okay. No, wait. I'll do it after we pray so that Andrew can't cut it out. Okay. So you go ahead and pray and then we'll... Oh. Because you're a great prayer. Oh, thanks. Thanks for the call. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for today, for the breeze. Pray for those who are getting a lot more water and breeze than we are with this hurricane. Um, please protect them. I ask you for your protection as we walk and talk and <clears throat> guide our conversation for your glory and to edify and to. lift up those who are listening and each other. We pray for the intercession of St. Joseph and St. Mary. Mary and Joseph for us. And Saint Denis. And Saint Denis. He's day it is today. <laughs> Pray for us. Let's offer this for Reuben and his challenges. For these and, for these and all his mercies, God's holy name be praised. Amen. In the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, I don't know what you picked. I don't either. Topic girl. <laughs> I don't either. Here, I want to try this. Okay. Uh, let's see. Turn that app. Okay. Let's put that up there. And then enable my cast and play on the road to perfection. Road to perfection. By various artists on Amazon Music. <laughs> the other thing you said. Uh, well, you didn't catch the other thing I said? Yeah. Okay. I will try again. Okay. How do I stop this? I don't know. Stop. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Enable my cast. Okay. Here's my cast. Welcome to my cast. You can say search in the name of the podcast. Or you can say exit. Search on the road to perfection. Searching for latest episode of On the Road to Perfection. Here it is from my cast. Thank you, Lord, for a beautiful day. Thank you for answering prayers. <laughs> That's cool. That's the grace. Look, it even has our picture on there. Oh, wow. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Can we click on that and see the picture? No. Okay, we'll tell her to stop, because we're just wasting time now. Stop!
So that's one way you can listen to our podcast. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's right. I guess I did. I just kind of mm-hmm. told people how to do that. Yeah. I just think it's, it's you know, space-time continuum sort of thing. Yeah, you know? just, that's it. Listening. And, wow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So yep. what are we talking about today? Um, space-time continuum. We could talk about what, what if there are aliens on other planets. We could. You know, I don't know if there. The church's approach to that. Yeah, it says you can believe that if you want to, and Jesus died for them too. <laughs> All right. Well, we didn't even make it to the telephone pole. I guess we can go home now. <laughs> you're like you're you're Encyclopedia Brown. Uh-huh. No. You know everything. Uh-huh. Um, let's see, how about Church Domesticus, Ecclesia Domesticus. Uh, the domestic church, huh? Sure. Hey, that's the city of Bryan traffic. Maybe they're going to stop and put up a stop sign. They do have a stop sign in the back. They did, I saw it, but they're going to just drive right through the... Yeah, you know, oh well. Well, hope springs eternal. Yeah. Oh well. Call your local city engineer. His name is Paul Casper. Oh stop. P Casper K A S P A R. Stop. What's well, public information? Yes, but still. That Brian has nothing to do. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> All right. So the domestic church. What all families are called to be. To be or are. They are. And they're called to live up to that. Yeah, and that's a that's a pretty hefty deal. But it's know. simple. No, I mean I mean it's a it's a, a to me, a hefty but I mean it's an awesome responsibility, duty, privilege, and honor that we are given to to be that foundational element of all things ecclesial. Yeah. You know, we are the church community at at its very core. Right. As as the domestic church. Just like the family is the core of any society. It's the smallest unit of society. Right. And without family, you get you get nothing. You get a yeah. very quick breakdown of society. Right. So what is, by definition, I know the answer to this, so I throw a curveball at you. Oh, nice. Yeah, but you already know it, so. Um, well, what is... Do a book definition or not. What, what is, okay, so what is the family according to oh. the church? Um, the family, according to the church, is... Well, it's... The unit of people, whether it's one person or 15 or however many, who basically domicile together. Sure. Live and... and Live and... and Well, live together. Yeah. You know, because, you know, doing things together and and eating and sleeping, you know, same house, same, uh, you know, same address, same parking lot, whatever. Right. Same 
Same, so yeah. if you if if it's you and a roommate, you're a domestic church. Correct. If it, what if it's just you? If it's just you, you're a domestic you church. Are, so when the, when you go to a a church and they say we serve 2,600 families in the city of Bryan. Right. So that means they, there's 2,600 well, different houses with with a mom and a dad in it, 2.3 kids yeah, and a dog no. and a cat, right? No. And that okay. So if you if you look at like uh, families that way, then roommates may not count because they might be registered under their own names with the parish, right? Or at so, or at a different, or at a different church, different or a different church, or a different right denomination. Or so the, so so there is a little confusion. Yeah, there. a little bit confusion. You know? um, I think for the purposes of being a domestic church, it's whomever you're under the same roof with because like <laughs> but I got another curveball okay so what if you're in a homeless shelter then what, what if your yeah. family has gone to the homeless shelter See, right so, so it, it is yeah. a little it, it, okay. it it's new it, it's nuanced but it doesn't have to be right it's the people that you uh you are related to start first of all and as it, it can be, and uh, whom you, as you said, domicile with, meaning you, you function as a unit in living right. your daily life. Right. Okay. And so our children are part of our family just as much as we are a part of theirs. And even when, you know, one of them goes off and gets an apartment or something like that, they will be their family, but they will also come home and, and, and I mean, I think constantly, always we be at least some part of our family. Cause you right. don't, you don't stop being a parent just cause the kid moves right. out. Right. Okay. So my folks are visiting this weekend right? and while they're here with us, we're going to um, worship together and pray together and, you know, and when we already have prayed together, are, right, right. So, um, so, and and mom and dad are, um, uh, you know, when they're in our home, we lead the prayers and uh, right. the blessings and, and that sort of stuff. And when we're in their home, they you know, it. they lead it. Dad's right. the spiritual head of that. Family, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So. I think we've defined what a domestic, like who makes up a domestic church. Right. Um, more butterflies. So I know, isn't that great? Yeah, it's because that garden so is so great. I know, and the kites probably love it too. You know. Oh, don't eat the butterflies. Oh, good, come on. Um. Anyway. Uh, I wonder if they taste have so, different flavors. Like the red ones are cherry. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so um, the but we're talking domestic church right. is comprised of the family, right? Is the family the domestic church, or does the domestic church involve some sort of structure, in, in, in like a physical structure? No. Does it involve some sort of organizational structure? Yes. The the father is by virtue of his um, fatherhood the head of the domestic church right um, and that's that's biblical um, 
we can get into the sociology of it, but we're not going to. Yeah, I, um, it, we're gonna, you know, the. If someone has an argument with that, yeah, then they they're still trying to figure things out. Right. I, I think if if your family doesn't have a father, okay, mm -hmm. you're a widow, you're divorced, whatever, never had a spouse, whatever mm -hmm. it is, right, then. The mother is the head of the domestic church. Sure, absolutely. Okay. Um, if you're a single person, you are head of your domestic church. Yeah. Um, so that's if if you're a married couple, it's the husband. You know. Right, and um, the. And and that's not a. I've got the gavel. Um, right. No. You know, no, no, it, no. The first and foremost, it is a responsibility of example. Right. Um, right. What What example does the head of the domestic church set for his or her congregation? Right. The. Um, they. You are the shepherd of our flock. Sure. You know. Um, and Just you are you. <laughs> E-W-E. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I just got to sound okay. smart every now and yeah. then, you know. Okay. Um, <laughs> and. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the, mm -hmm. um, so the, 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 the father or the head of the uh, domestic church, um, First and foremost is leading by example. Right. Is um, oh, and I guess that we should point out if if your um, spouse is not Catholic, yeah, um, the <laughs> the ranking Catholic. <laughs> well, but at the it's, same time, you don't want if you're the if you're the woman, you're the wife. And your husband is not Catholic. You don't want to strip away his leadership, right? Just usurp that that role, right? But in okay. matters of but in matters faith, of faith, you're the responsible party in raising your children that, in the faith. That's correct. And, and so, to some extent, the you, the wife becomes the mother becomes that um, the the. Not the head of the domestic church, because your husband is still that. Right. But maybe the liturgical <laughs> um, uh, leader. Okay. Sure. Or um, perhaps, or, yes. The, or the certainly the lead catechist when it comes to that. Um, sure. The, the, the father, in some sense, is, is the titular head who still right. has authority. Right. Um, and you can certainly ask him to lead prayer and all of those things. I mean, there's nothing, you're not, you're not doing anything within your domestic church that a layperson can't do. And so it, it really doesn't matter if the layperson is Catholic or not, if right. they're leading prayer or um, talking about virtue and how to live a virtuous life and how, you know, 
but as the Catholic parent, you're going to come in with the, the sacramental side of things and talk about, you know, and, and, and responsible for, you know, taking your children to Mass and to confession. And, right, you know, and, and similarly, if, you're, uh, if your husband, to continue the husband-wife example, if your husband is uh, of a non-Christian faith uh, uh, tradition, there's going to be at some point you're going to have to uh, patiently and right. lovingly say we can't participate in your yoga right. for instance um, and uh, but hopefully those are things that you recognize you Before know in, in you your marriage preparation yeah. you know because yeah. uh, as a as a Catholic, you know, an individual has that responsibility of raising their children in the Catholic uh, right. faith, regardless of whether you got right. married in, in the Catholic in, Church or, yeah. or if you made that actual vow. That is right. the prescription of your obligation right. as a Catholic. Right. That's, you know, uh, uh, written on your, well, written on your soul as a, as a Catholic. Right. So, so, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I'm just thinking, you know, I, mean, I don't want to get too too technical on things here right. because I want to get into how how do you what what does being a domestic church look like right. practically? Get into it. Go okay. on. Okay. So first and foremost, it's prayer. You know, you're we learn how to pray because somebody prays with us. Right. Very rarely can you learn how to pray from a set of instructions. Correct. So your witness of prayer is the um, is the first first thing. Um, right. And the 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 catechism has a nice paragraph and it's literally one paragraph in the entire catechism that basically lays out the duties of parents yep. for their children yep. um, and it, it kind of tells you what what you're supposed to do as a domestic church right um, Is and that it's 2223 yeah or 2224 yeah it's, it's, it's in there between 2222 and 2226 that's kind of the duties of parents not that we remember um, that already but <laughs> anyhow, um, so our domestic church. Okay, before um, you hit that, oh, okay. before you get, yeah. uh, it's because uh, you talked about prayer. Yeah, it's important to remember that we are all baptized priest, prophet, and king. Right. Yes. Um, and it is from those that our natural authority, our supernatural authority. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. um, as leaders of a domestic church and as a domestic church right. I think spring or at least base yes. you know, themselves oh, yes. off. Okay, so go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. Okay. okay, so practical stuff. Practical. Okay. Um, when our children were born, we started praying with them. Okay, as infants, we would pray with Christopher and you know, he had no clue what we were doing, but he yeah. was there, and we took him to Mass, and we celebrated feast days, and we lit the 
advent wreath and he was there at the table with us. Opening the doors on the, we, the, the advent, advent calendar. calendar. Yeah. We, you know, we hunted Easter eggs and, you know, I mean. Right, sure, yep. The, so as much as your child we went, we learns from Went trick-or-treating, then we went to Mass the next day. That's right. So, yeah. Because um, it's All Saints Day. The, yeah, the, just as much as your child learns the different ways of being a human being in your home, you're going to teach them how to be a Catholic Christian. Right. Um, just because they're, you're accompanying them, they're accompanying you along the, the journey, along the way. Along and, the path, yeah. And so... Yeah, you wouldn't let them walk down a street you, by themselves, right? Yes. When you take a child by the hand to, you know, help them learn how to walk, you're also going to take them by the hand to help them learn how to genuflect uh -huh. and pray the sign of the cross correctly. But, and, but if you're going to teach them that, you have to be doing that. Right. And so... And not a little curtsy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, down on one knee. If you can't get all the way down on one knee, yeah. you're supposed to do a bow. Right. And the um, right the right knee, too. Yes, the right knee. Um, <laughs> oh, why do all these rules well, matter? Maybe we should talk about that sometime, too. Yeah, sometime we'll talk. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a good one. Anyway, so your domestic church, I talked about the Advent wreath, okay? Um, the liturgical calendar makes it really easy on us as parents to incorporate the, the church life into our home life yep. because if you follow the liturgical calendar there are natural ebbs and flows natural times to change things up and we all know that people start to kind of get in a rut of things right and god knows yep. that too and that's why he inspired the church to create the liturgical calendar you know if he wasn't god he'd be in a huge rut by now oh yeah <laughs> Um, so, uh, let's just kind of quickly go through the liturgical calendar. Um, Advent is the first season in the liturgical calendar. That's such an easy one to get started with. Okay. If you're not like already praying as a family and celebrating as a family and, and incorporating Jesus into your conversations on a, on a regular basis, Advent is a fabulous time to start because there's color and candles and special prayers and anticipation and anticipation and a building of joyful and then there's 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 physical symbols of it because right. you're starting to put probably christmas trees up and decorations right. and stuff like that and i don't i don't necessarily think we need to go through everything in the in the calendar or else no. we'll run up against our yeah you know self-imposed 30 minutes i'm just gonna do a quick one but, okay i'm not gonna do specifics on each one because we can probably do a podcast on each liturgical right. season as, as they're each coming up yeah. and since advent's coming up so, this, you know. so you've got advent and then you've got a really short ordinary time um but Mardi Gras in there, and and that's pretty fun. Yep. And Epiphany's in there, so it like starts on Epiphany and ends on Mardi Gras. Yep. Um, so so we, yep. 
Well, we do have the Christmas season there, right? In the... Well, yeah, the Christmas season. Sorry, you're yeah. right. <laughs> and that's a great time. So, to, I think the, the beginning of any season is a great time to start. And the Christmas season, yes. And then your ordinary time, and then Lent, um, and then Easter, which is... 50 longest, days. 50 days. It's longer than Lent. Yep. And... And then ordinary time. Yeah, that just throws people off. Like you're at the Walgreens and yeah. they say, oh, have a nice day. And you say, okay, thank you. Happy Easter. And they're like, what? Easter was two months ago. <laughs> um, anyway. the uh, So when you look at how the church changes colors, you can look at changing out colors of your tablecloth or napkins or decorations, whatever. Now... You can also have what we call a sacred space in your home yep. where you've got a special kind of table or corner or something set aside where you've got religious items such as a crucifix and a Bible, and maybe prayer books and rosaries and things like that. And it's, it's not an altar because we'll explain that probably in another one, right. what an altar is. And you're not going to have an altar in your home. Nope. You're going to have a sacred space where you've got kind of a collection of things where, and and maybe a chair where you can sit yeah, down and candle. pray and that yeah. kind of thing. A candle or, you know. And that's a good visual reminder of who we are as Christians. Um, certainly having a crucifix or a cross in every single room every is important. Room. Every room. What, um, Jesus doesn't belong here? No. He, right. Yep, absolutely. Every, um, the bathroom? Yep. <laughs> and you know religious art or yeah, these are called sacramentals art. these are sacramentals things yeah. that remind us of our life in Christ and we need those reminders because if you're like me out of sight out of mind well, no, yeah. I, I, I mean, honestly, if I'm not kind of, if it's not right in my face, I'm going to forget about it. That's why, you know, people are like, oh, let me write it in my calendar because I can't remember it if it's not written down. Well, Same and, thing. Yeah, yeah I mean, you said it reminds us of a life in Christ, which harkens back to our discussion about, about grace. Right. It reminds us to be open to mm -hmm. grace and to look for the grace that that is constantly happening right. in, our, in, our, in our lives because yep. that gets us into a thankful and penitent uh, mood to say, oh, wait, really, I am blessed, right. you, you know? Yep. Um, and it also gives us an opportunity to uh, for conversion, to turn right. back to the Lord when we've turned against Him. Sure. And that includes apologies. Apology to your spouse, to your children, and teaching them how to apologize to each other and you. And from that, forgiving. Right. Uh, so I think you should talk about our the way we apologize. Yeah. Yeah. The um, you know, one of the uh, what I thought was hardships of being the leader of our domestic church um, and the spiritual head of the family was if I'm going to, you know, uh, talk the talk, i got to walk the walk. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of uh, talking the walk, you know, and there's a, that yeah. section on the website where you can talk about this yeah. podcast episode and, and others. You just go to the page and, you know, for the, yeah, you'll find it. 
Um, at whollyownedandoperated.com. That's right. That's right. Um, so the, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a dad, you want to, no, let me restate that as a father, you want to, um, project that you're, you're in charge, you know, everything, you get all the answers. And, you know, as I was raised, you know, by my father, if you ever asked a question, why he'd say, don't you dare defy me? He'd never answer the, the question why. And if he did, it'd be because I'm the father. Um, and so, um, as a dad, though, you, you have to be uh, virtuous and you have to humble yourself even before your children, or I might say even especially before your wife and children. And so when I make mistakes, which at last count was 1,638 times a day, um, the... Uh, Oh, no, I messed up. Okay, so that's 1,639. Uh, anyway, uh, the uh, I wouldn't say most of them are with the children. I think they're all evenly spread. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes one is more than the other. Yeah. Um, you have to apologize to your children, to your spouse as the leader, because that shows that nobody is above God, that's for sure. Right. No, No man, even though we might talk about this in another episode, is God to his children, um, even though sociologically and psychologically they look to him like that until a relatively certain age. Um, the, uh, the saying, I'm sorry, is humbling, is very pleasing to the Lord, because he already knows you're a goomba. Um, no name calling. <laughs> And uh, and your children get to see, oh, it's okay to make mistakes. Because mm-hmm. if they don't think it's okay to make mistakes, they're gonna do stuff, but they're not gonna tell you. They're gonna right. they're, they're gonna, gonna, gonna do stuff and try stuff. to hide it. You yeah. know, they're gonna be afraid to tell you something. And uh, and then that means because they look to you as the spiritual head of the family, they're going to be afraid to tell God things. Right. Because they will think that, you know. Forgiveness is not possible. Right. Apology is useless. So we apologize, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and then you know uh, sometimes it's a hey, I'm sorry I didn't put the dishes away. You know, yeah. uh, okay, you know, but we never say well that's okay. Mm-mm. You know, because because uh, it isn't. You know, there's right. a certain. You know, if they're apologizing for it, you, don't just want to push it under the rain and say, right, "Oh, you that was yeah, that wasn't a big deal. No worries, you know, whatever." Um, you know, you say, I, "I accept your apology," and then we follow up with a, "Would you please forgive me?" or, or something similar. Mm-hmm. And forgiveness is not expected; forgiveness is requested. And. Uh, and then it's up to the person who's who's been hurt to decide to offer that forgiveness. Right. And it's hard to do that sometimes as a as a dad too, you know. But I do it every time because because I know it's just it makes everything better. And it, right. It, and it actually there's there's a reconciliation that happens in that conversation yeah. of I'm sorry and I accept your apology. 
please forgive me. I forgive you. Yep. And the, the you know, recently, I'll say in the last year to keep it like that, you know, I, I, I kind of sinned by omission, if you will, with one of our sons. And when I recognized that, I apologized to him. And he accepted my apology, and I said, I hope you will forgive me. And then the conversation kept going. And I knew that he was going to have to work out the forgiveness. The forgiveness. Yeah, sure. And I couldn't force him into it. No. I couldn't say, hey, I asked. You should say yes. It's okay. Right. You know, and uh, it, it God took... God gives forgiveness like that. Right. It took... But, it, we're human. We're human. And we so have emotions takes, that, you know... It, yeah, and anger, and you know, there are some things that, yeah. that have to heal before forgiveness can yep. occur sometimes, and so we have to be cognizant of that and accept it, right? So, we were he and I were having a discussion, oh, about two or three months later, and um, and he forgave me at, at, at that point, and it was a relatively uh. Uh, unconnected conversation, but it was on the periphery, and and that's when he decided to step forward into the conversation and say, you know, Dad, I, I forgive you. Um, and he specifically mentioned what for and, and all that sort of stuff, and and that was a great healing for our relationship, um, and it was also a, a comfort to me, a uh, a. Con a conclusion that's not the right word um what are you looking for you're looking for closure it was closure okay. and and i know it was for him. and i know he wasn't holding it back maliciously no. to hurt me yeah. he was reconciling with himself how do i forgive right. Right. but as a domestic church we have taught our children how to forgive right so he could work that out and not just with me but with anybody anybody right and and that's you know i mean Jesus tells us to to be merciful. Um, yeah, and, and I think that's really a foundation you know, for. What's the beatitude? Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Yep. So yep. the that that's a big foundational part of the domestic church. Yeah, I think it's it's absolutely key. It's it's you know cornerstone. You know. Yeah. To to that. Without. Without that ability to forgive um, and, and show that loving mercy that God so freely pours out for us, um, to, to mirror that in your home makes a lot of the other parts of being a domestic church um, easier and uh, more dynamic, I think. Yeah, and when you think about, you know, being godly in your family or being as a as a priest is in a church, right. a, pastor. Um, a pastor, yes, the pastor being different from a priest, right. you know, oftentimes, right. um, you know, what is the, uh, you know, it's it's not the what would Jesus do, you know, as much as what would a what would a pastor do, right. and. Um, I don't know, kind of imagine yourself wearing a collar, you know, <laughs> all, all, all the time, you know, um, and how different 
how different you would drive or how different you would treat people in the store if they knew you were a priest. Right. You know? If our baptismal indelible mark and our com com confirmation indelible mark were, were visible to the, to the public, you know, how yeah. would we act? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and... <clears throat> Sorry, no cough button while we walk. So, yeah, go ahead. Well, the domestic church is, <coughs> it's not complicated. Um, no. It is very fulfilling. Yeah. But it requires leadership and it requires somebody it saying, we're going to be the domestic church. Right. And, and that's the first step. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you are married, you want to do this as a team as a couple right um because that's the kind of the whole point well it's the natural um, outflow of that relationship right, right. so uh, the trinitarian god will give you the grace and the ability to leave your your family in relationship with each other to build that relationship with him yeah, maybe it'll be worthwhile because we've talked about praying with your family, mm -hmm. praying with your spouse, yep. talked about the domestic church, we've talked about a lot of things. Maybe it will be appropriate in a future episode to talk about Catholic family leadership. Yeah. You sure. know, that, that sort of thing. Yep. But I do know that really the key to, to the domestic church is knowing that you're, you're not God, right. <laughs> that you are human, and... The sooner your kids know that, the the better, uh, because then your 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 domestic church will truly be a family, right? Too, you know, and they will they will recognize that it, it ain't easy doing what you got to do, right? You know. Yep. Ta-da! Ta-da! <laughs> You're awesome. Thanks. So are you? Thanks. Your time is up. That puts us at about 38 minutes, I think. But we had edit out my car. Well, we had testing yeah. stuff that trying to. Yeah. Why well, wasn't? So I locked the door, but you have the key. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I can't read it because I don't. Well, it was our usual route, 1.29. Who didn't we? We didn't have to go around somebody. Yeah, that car. Oh, uh, yeah. That's right. Wow. Five hundredths of a mile were cut just by staying closer to the curb. Yeah. No wonder I don't feel like it was a workout. I'm sweaty, though. 31 minutes, 11 seconds. All right, Ange, we got more stuff for you. <laughs> he says... Melancholo melancholically. <laughs> melancholy. Oh, don't get colic. That's a that's a domestic leadership thing I don't want to go through again. No colicky babies.